love riding my bike. I love running. I don't care what they think about it. I love it. At that point, when I knew I was going to win, chills just went up and down my entire body. I don't believe there are any good or bad foods. Food is food. I still feel so passionate about getting that record that I'm like, I'm just going to do it. As an athlete, I was like, what's my story or what's your story? What can you learn from it? And what can you teach people? Welcome to the Iron Women Podcast. I'm Haley Chura, and I'm joined here by, with my co-host, Alyssa Gadeski. Alyssa, I hear you have a big weekend ahead of you. How, what, what's happening? Yeah, Haley, it feels kind of like a race week, but not really, just because I'm packing up and I'm getting some gear together, I guess. But uh, it's a big weekend for me as a coach. I'm helping coach with Hillary Biscay and her husband, Mike, um, we're having a run camp out in Los Angeles. So over three days, uh, the group is going to run the distance of the backbone trail out there, um, which is about 68 miles or so. So, and there's a lot of elevation. I think there's like 18,000 feet of elevation through the whole, whole trail. So, um, it's going to be a big three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but point to point running, which is always super fun adventure. And I get to see a lot of my athletes I haven't seen in a long time because of COVID and just, you know, not being able to kind of make my races match up with their races and things like that. And, you know, typically I'm going to a camp and it's like a three sport camp and this is running only. So it is kind of nice. I have to say to like, just be worrying about some running clothes and making sure I have my outfits coordinated with the other ladies for that. And then, uh, you know, trail shoes and pretty good, pretty much good to go after that. Are you camping in between or are these like catered by like Hollywood's finest restaurants? (laughs) Somewhere in between, I think maybe the middle ground. So no camping. I'm breaking everyone in lightly, um, to the concept of a run camp, but, Um, so, you know, each morning we'll meet at the end point for the day and then they get shuttled to the start and then kind of run back to their cars. And the backbone trail in is like in the mountains outside of Santa Monica area. So quite close to an area where people can stay in some nice accommodations and get a little bit of, uh, you know, rest and recovery in a, in a nice, like cushy fashion in between the big days on the trail, which I think will be helpful. And, um, you know, a lot of food available to make sure everyone's rested and recharged each day. Okay. Okay. So, so there, there's some, some comforts in this one. Um, uh, the other thing that's happening this weekend is Ironman Florida is happening this weekend, which is, was supposed to be a pro women's only race, but then of course, Ironman California, the men was canceled. Everything was canceled. So that was supposed to be the pro men's race. And now we have both men and women professionals racing in Florida. So it should be pretty fun. And I mean, it doesn't sound like you'll be able to track any of that from, from, uh, the mountains. Cause I think it's happening on Saturday, but I will be tracking. I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped to see how people race in, in Florida. Have you ever raced in Panama city beach? I have not. No. So, um, yeah, Ironman Florida is one of those races I have not been able to get to, but I do think we're going to find a way to try and track because Alex Watt, who's, um, a fellow member of team SFQ with us, and she will be racing her first pro Ironman. She raced her debut pro race with you 
in at the LA try yeah. last weekend or two, two weekends ago now, last weekend. So um, she will be doing her debut pro Ironman there and she's coached by Hillary. So I'm sure Hillary will be like holding up her phone as she's running, trying to get any cell signal possible to make sure her Ironman tracker is loading accordingly and we can follow Alex and, and the others. Yeah, that's right. I know. I was just in Los Angeles. We're like, we're like tag teaming. Yeah. <laughs> so Southern California these days, but, um, well, yeah, I think that I haven't, I haven't like fully looked at that start list, but I'm sure it's, you know, sounds like it's going to be a really, really good race. And the last, oh no, I guess Cosmel has, has a pro field too. So there's one of the last racing opportunities, Ironman racing opportunities of the year, getting those Kona slots for North America. There's, and then like well, we still have 70.3 Indian. Well, oh, for full. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is Ironman South Africa happening? I'm not sure. I was thinking more of Western Australia. That's usually in December, right? Oh, is that happening? I guess I assumed <laughs> it was with like only Australians, like the other Australian races happen with only Australians, um, right? Maybe. So, okay. Um, please do not take our uh, weather races are happening <laughs> advice from this disclaimer. Disclaimer, we have not checked this, but um we're getting there. We're getting there. And these are, of course, it is. Uh, I just pulled it up. Cosmel. Okay. okay. And South Africa is still on the list. Okay. So Florida. And then on the 21st, we have South Africa and Cozumel, both male and female racing. And then Western Australia, both male and female on the fifth. Of... Okay. Does it say how many, how many Kona slots are at each? Do we know? Two. Assess. Let me, let me tell you, um, two men, two women, at both at all Florida, South Africa, and Cozumel, and then one and one at Western Australia. Okay. So they are sticking. It does seem like the floating slots aren't happening anymore. And um, so we're going to have interviews right in through the holidays, Haley. This is perfect. People will be racing I into know. December. So everyone, keep your, checking your email for the, the um, you know, invitations for me and Haley and come be on Iron Women. Yes. No, there's still plenty of racing. Uh, just, yeah, maybe the. Yeah, there's more than I thought. So um, this is exciting, but people getting those Kona slots for October 2022, because now it's like, which race are we qualifying for? So, But now um, it is and, equal, so there's no more like proportionality. We know it's just like the equal spots because it is for right, the which October is something we, World Championships race. So that is exciting. Right, that's and new. we talk about that during our interview today. Um, that's one of the things we talked about with uh, Pamela Oliveira. We talk about how those floating slots and how they have kind of impacted her career. But great to see equal slots for men and women and we'll be looking forward to watching the action in Panama City Beach this weekend. But Haley, going to California is going to be quite a change from the, I think, environment I'm facing here in New Hampshire. It's not too cold or anything yet, but I am getting hints of that and I was able to try the new Noon Immunity product. I don't know if you've been able to get your hands on it, but it is the new, so Noon came out with two different flavors of immunity and I basically live on immunity in the winters and anytime, um, especially in a week like where I'm traveling. And they came out with seasonal flavors of blackberry acai and spiced cider. And I've only been able to try the spiced cider. And I did it warm, of course, because I love warm noon in general. And then with the cider, I was like, oh, this is all my favorite things coming together and really great. So everyone can run out and now has the stamp of approval. You can get it. Okay, Alyssa, wait, how is this like noon – immunity different from the immunity three that we talked about a few weeks ago? Yeah. So good question. I always make the comparison in my head as like 
noon immunity is to noon sport as noon instant is to immunity three. So immunity three and noon instant are both in the packets. They're the powder and they're like the heavy hitters. They're the things you break out if you're super dehydrated for noon instant or like really need to cram in the um, vitamins and kind of immunity boosting elements of immunity three. Um, but like your daily, you know, go about your business, keep yourself healthy and hydrated is like noon sport and noon immunity. So um, these flavors Which are, are the for tablets. noon immunity. And that's the, yep, the tablets. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, that spice cider, I haven't tried it, but that does sound like the perfect fall beverage, warm spice cider immunity. Um, that's That should be the new thing. But Alyssa, what is the code again? Stay feisty. Is that right? Stay feisty with a capital S and a capital F. Head to noonlife.com. You get 30% off everyone. And I don't know if you guys have heard, but like everyone's saying it's going to be really hard to get Christmas presents. So shop early. So put in that order for the noon immunity. Supply and then chain. Also just order your Christmas presents. I gave noon immunity to my brother-in-law last year and he like loves it. And he keeps asking me all the time, like, can I have some more noon? Can you get me some more noon? And I'm like, Okay, this is also the code. You can do it yourself and order it yourself, but I like to have it under the tree and it's like a very good Christmas present. So stock up for stocking stuffers and everyone that in your life. Stay feisty is the code. Yeah, Christmas, Hanukkah, any celebration. Um, that is a great, great idea though, actually, because I feel like that is a really good gift. I love giving edible gifts, like things that like, you know, like something can eat or drink like immediately when they open it. I guess you need to add water to noon, but you know, I, that is something I just love. <laughs> I love giving and receiving both. Um, yeah. Anything that, cause I'm usually hungry when I check the mail or thirsty. So, um, noonlife.com <laughs> get your, get your, all your holiday shopping done. Uh, and then Alyssa, do we have any mailbag questions this week? <sighs> Haley, our mailbag is empty. So folks, you can send us in your holiday questions, your going into off-season questions, your panic race questions, because you're racing one of these last races that are still coming up in the season that we just told you about. Send them to ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to have a few more questions as we continue on this year of podcasting and um, send them in. Ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And also, Haley to take note of is coming up this month. So when you go online and our listeners go to send us their mailbag question, they can also go to outspokensummit.com and check out, it was just posted, the full schedule of sessions and descriptions are now on the website for the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit, which is really cool. Um, I think we announced last week or maybe the week before that it is a virtual only summit this year. So everyone can attend from the comfort of your own home. It's going to be a lot of really cool sessions, um, but you can check them all out now that they're posted and then go ahead and register. Yes. And the outspoken women in triathlon awards finalists are being announced this week. So we spent, you know, several weeks asking for nominations. Everyone did send in nominations and those finalists are being announced this week publicly. But I heard privately the finalists already know who they are. And I heard one of them is Alyssa Gadeski. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> Way to bury the lead there, Haley or whatever <laughs> saying is. I should have opened the show with that. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I should have opened the show. I missed it. You know, I'm always trying to learn and grow in this in this role of as a podcaster. So um, next time, next year, I'll open the show with that. But but yeah, tell us about your your what are you a finalist for? Which award? 
Healy, I am a finalist for the Social Media Impact Award. And so I, you know, I'm, you have to always be a little proud, right? When someone thinks of you and go, nominates you and I, I did double check that it wasn't just Haley nominating me because of like the podcast and she was fitting the podcast into the social media impact or something like that and Haley says it wasn't her that nominated me so thank you to whoever nominated me but um yeah the social media impact award I guess I've been holding it down in the social media world and uh making making some people happy there so that's cool I also saw that Dee Dee Griesbauer was uh I don't I think nominated for something did she, I forget if it was nominated or a finalist or something she shared something but I hope she's a finalist for something I feel like we're gonna have a lot of women I don't think Dee Dee would be in the running for the social media impact award but maybe who knows I didn't I missed her post about that but I'm kind of excited that these like nominations are and the finalists are coming out it's fun I love award season of all kinds but especially women in triathlon awards and Haley, I just pulled up the topics for the summit and they look super interesting. I bet that um, more than, you know, a couple of these at least are being facilitated with Dr. Lisa Ingerfield. Um, and she is someone who always has great takeaways for me to continue to like grow and kind of expand my um, my worldview in sport and kind of do like self checks on myself and how I'm doing with a lot of things in the triathlon world specifically and how that kind of you know, is within our greater world as like human beings. And so anyway, I'll give you some of the topics. You ready? Um, okay. Avoiding ableism in sport, using sport for activism, centering equity in your triathlon organization. That sounds very interesting for a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, who are involved in tri clubs or kind of management of races and things like that. And reshaping media and marketing, also important for anyone who's doing you know, kind of outwardly facing work in the industry. So we're just thinking about how I could be shaping my own social media to be more impactful, right? Yeah. And I know that the the platform, it's like Hopin is the platform they use. And um, we did a presentation with one of the previous summits, uh, you and I did in that, in that platform. And it is pretty interactive. Um, so you still get to do some of the networking and even though it's virtual, get to see people. And, um, and I do believe the awards are going to be live on Facebook. So you, um, anyone can tune in for that as well as Katie Zafiris's opening keynote. But again, that's happening November 12th through 14th, which is like next weekend. <laughs> it's already here. Um, outspokensummit.com if you want to register, but then also just mark your calendar for that Saturday, Saturday, November 13th are the women in triathlon awards. So if you want to tune in and see if Alyssa wins. And Haley, you already gave a little preview to our guest today, but can you tell us more about Pamela? Yeah. So this is an interview I've been wanting to do for a while because Pamela Oliveira, she's a Brazilian pro and someone I've raced quite frequently um, when I've raced in Brazil and South America, but I didn't know that much about her. And part of that was there's a bit of a language barrier. My Portuguese is um, non-existent. And Pamela, you know, she she calls English uh, a competition she has yet to win, but I think her English is actually a lot better than she, she lets on. But being good at it, you know, being able to do an interview in English, especially with... Um, someone who maybe talks as fast as me is, um, is, is not, you know, the easiest. And so, uh, we brought in Ana Lydia Borba, who's a past Iron Woman guest. She's actually retired professional triathlete. Uh, she has the flows journal media company, uh, down in Brazil. And she, she was the expert who gave us her thoughts on the Kona field prior to, or 
the Kona 2019 last time there was a world championship, Ironman world championships in Hawaii. She, she did that preview show for us. So, um, Ana Lydia agreed to come on as the translator so that we could make sure like our questions were Pamela was understanding of the questions and then we are able to understand her answers. And so we put together this interview. I think it turned out pretty great. Um, we did record this right after Pamela had come back from the Mojeres do Try experience was, which was a three day women in triathlon experience in Brazil. It, it combined, um, three professional athletes, Pamela, ITU athlete, Vitoria Lopez and cyclist Tota Magales. Um, and, with a lot of age group triathletes and beginners. So I think they did a three-day kind of camp and it actually culminated in a mini triathlon. So Pamela tells us a little bit about working with the age groupers and what that was like. And she tells us about the barriers for Brazilian women getting into triathlon, how she managed to get into sport and get into triathlon, and, and a little bit about her history in sport, which includes two Olympic Games appearances, including the 2016 uh, Rio Olympics in her home country of Brazil, as well as a fourth place finish at the 2018 70.3 World Championships in South Africa. Um, I think you'll really enjoy this conversation with Pamela. Hey, everyone. This is Dr. Lisa Ringerfield, co-founder of the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit. We are really excited to announce that the Outspoken Summit will be returning in 2021. This year has created an opportunity for triathletes to get back in the blocks and start to rebuild triathlon to create a more inclusive and welcoming space for all. Join us from the 12th to the 14th of November as we host a virtual summit to connect with like-minded women, center women's equity in the sport, hear from industry leaders, and develop leadership skills related to our roles in triathlon. The summit will provide a rich forum to develop strong voices, inspire others, and advocate for change in the sport we love. For more information and to sign up for the event, go to OutspokenSummit.com. We hope to see you there. The Iron Women Podcast wants to give a huge shout out to Orca Sportswear for their continued support in 2021. As someone who isn't a natural born swimmer, my choices for swim gear are super important. Orca has me ready to battle for every second I need in the water with the open water, triathlon, and swim run wetsuits. They also have safety buoys, goggles, cold water caps, and booties. You name it, they have it. The code IRONWOMEN15 will get you 15% off, so head to orca.com today and let's get ready to swim in 2021. Hey Haley, it's officially fall and I am drinking my noon hydration immunity. Haha, <laughs> Alyssa, I love a good pun and a good warm fall beverage, but can you tell me a little bit more about this new Immunity 3 product? What does the 3 stand for? It stands for vitamins, electrolytes, and prebiotics, the three keys to staying healthy and hydrated this season. Noon Hydration Immunity 3 comes in mandarin, orange, and superberry flavors, and all Iron Women podcast listeners can get 30% off Immunity 3 and the whole line of Noon Hydration products by using the code STAYFEISTY at NoonLife.com. Hi, Pamela. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. Hello. You recently participated in the Mujeres do Triathlon experience in Brasilia. Can you tell us about the event? Uh, é sempre muito legal, assim, cara. Participar. It's always a pleasure to be a part of a women-only event because uh, they normally feel represented by us, even though we're pros. Uh, as people say, if you can see it, you can do it, and they feel represented in that. Um, it's always nice because they have the same necessities we have, or, or sometimes the same doubts. 
And when we're with them, um, they feel grateful and sometimes even overwhelmed by having someone uh, so close to them, even though like you're competing at the highest level. And Pamela, most people who race in Brazil know there aren't as many women in the races, but the women who do race are usually very fast. So what do you think keeps more Brazilian women from racing triathlons? I would say it's not a women's triathlon only issue. It's a much more profound issue in Brazil, and it's related to all sports. Uh, I think uh, it's a cultural issue in Brazil that our government and our institutions don't support sport as, for example, in the United States, where you are, you get incentives to be in sports from a young age. And in Brazil, it doesn't happen. So it's much harder to get uh, people to compete in high level or um, even either women or men, but to compete in high level if you don't have enough entrance at a young age. Uh, I think uh, women's triathlon uh, suffers from that, of course, but it's a much more profound question that comes from government policies. Pamela, how did you first get involved with sport? Because based on your swim times and having competed with you, it seems like you probably started swimming as a child. At a young age, I started playing both sports in school, uh, like most kids in Brazil, but I wasn't very good. Uh, I started swimming when I was five because I had a lot of respiratory and pulmonary problems. Uh, actually, I apologize uh, for my voice because I'm with an issue right now, uh, respiratory issue. Uh, but that's what I did from a young age. From, from five, I started uh, swimming and then I started competing at high level. And I only got to triathlon when I was 20. So all my sports base uh, come actually from the swimming. And what was it? that got you to do sport at a young age when a lot of Brazilian girls might not? I started really because of the health issues, because of bronchitis. And I think I was lucky because uh, my family didn't have money. And in Brazil, sports are like when you're not doing it in school, they're like private classes. Uh, but I had a swimming teacher that really saw my ta talent early and she would do anything to help so my mother would sometimes pay uh in food or the teacher would lower the the monthly cost of the classes so she could keep me in sport so i, I guess it was a, a little bit of luck that the first sport i got in was actually uh, a sport i had valuing i had to do you still keep in touch with the teacher Yes, I do. She's like a second mother to me, and she has she has kids uh, about my age, and one of, of her daughters is actually my best friend. So, yes, I still keep in touch with the family. And Pamela, we want to talk to you a little bit about your triathlon career, and when we look at that, it you know what stands out is that you've had a lot of success in short course racing in triathlon. You competed in the 2012 and the 2016 Olympic Games. So I have to ask, what was it like to race in Olympic Games in your home country in 2016? I feel very privileged to have been able to, to uh, compete in the Olympics in my country. I think even people who doesn't know the Brazilians know that the Brazilian uh, crowd is like magical and to... Uh, you know, being able to race uh, with a home crowd, with them supporting us, 
uh, was incredible. Uh, unfortunately, the triathlon took place in one of the last days of the Olympic Games, so I wasn't able to enjoy as much as I would like to the Olympic Games and the, the Olympic vibe. Um, I was confined training for most of the Olympic Games, and unfortunately as well, uh, the race didn't go as I planned, so I didn't celebrate too much afterwards, but competing uh, in home soil with a home crowd, uh, with everybody cheering for you was a magical experience, and I, I'm glad that I'll be able to share this and talk about it for a long time. I can only imagine. Um, and and even before those Olympic Games in Rio, you had raced a few non-drafting long course races. I think I was there for your debut at the 70.3 distance in Challenge Florianopolis in 2014. So did you always feel like you might do well at longer distances? In fact, I have always been told that I would do well in longer distances. So I tried to keep away from it until I was done with my uh, Olympic triathlon career because I knew it would be a, a no coming back uh, path. Uh, so I, I did my first few long distance races before the Olympic Games, but I, I didn't train specifically for that for a while uh, on purpose. So I would still be able to compete at a high level in the Olympic distance. Uh, but because I didn't come from the uh, sprint distance base when I was younger, I started doing Olympic triathlons. I, I feel like the longer distances fit my characteristics much better than the sprint distance uh, races. And I guess I was right. So after the 2016 Olympic Games, when I started doing long distance races, especially in 2017, uh, it really fitted me. And well, in 2018, I decided I, I should, well, I got away from the national team, the Olympic distance national team and started doing only professional triathlon, long distance professional triathlon. And it definitely really suited you. We'll, we'll call out some of your major successes that you had in the 70.3 distance. You finished fourth at the World Championships in South Africa in 2018. And then in 2019, you raced your first big Ironman at Ironman Brazil in Florianopolis. So Ironman Brazil is a big race for Brazilians. You've talked a little bit about racing, you know, the Olympic Games on home soil, but a little bit different, I guess, for the Ironman than the Olympics. But how did you feel going into that race? Cara, eu lembro que no Given the proportions, uh, it was a little bit like uh, competing at the Olympic Games as well, uh, because it is the biggest race in Brazil. Uh, everybody's in Florianópolis watching the race. I had watched the race before, and then coming in as an athlete, and you, you get out that crowd cheering for you. Uh, I didn't get it. I didn't get nervous or anxious. I was able to just bring the good emotions out of it and uh, feel supported and feel happy to be able to race with such a huge crowd sport. You debuted with a very impressive 9.03 Ironman time in that race in Floripa. You finished second to Sarah Piampiano, who had to set a course record to beat you. There was one guaranteed women's Kona slot in that race and two floating slots, which due to the number of men versus women pro starters meant both floating slots went to the men and you missed out on Kona qualification. This happened to you again this past summer in Lake Placid when you finished fourth, but due to 29 pro men and 18 pro women starting the race, 
four Kona slots went to the pro men and only two to the women. Is it frustrating to just miss Kona qualification this way on more than one occasion? Uh, é, com certeza é um pouco chato, eu diria. É, embora it is um... a little bit frustrating, uh, even though I always put a lot of pressure on myself. So I tend to think that if I perform well, if it's meant to be, I'll get my Kona slot. Uh, the first time in Brazil was a, a bit more frustrating because I felt like I really had a good performance. I think that 903 was uh, Kona worth it. Uh, in Lake Placid, on the other way, on the other hand, um, I didn't think I perform, performed as well as in Florianópolis. But at the same time, it was more frustrating when I learned afterwards that because of one, one man, we only had... I mean, one extra man, we only had two slots. Uh, if they had like one less man, we would have another slot and I would get my Kona slot uh, in that race. Uh, so sometimes I think uh, we should rethink this Kona slot thing. Uh, it's hard enough for women to keep doing the sport at high level, uh, especially, uh, well, so many of us are, are mothers or are like, Uh, are taking care of our homes and competing at high level and then we feel less appreciated uh, in terms of like uh, a world championship slot uh, because of quantity maybe so yeah sometimes I think it's a little bit frustrating and Pamela you spent a lot of time in 2021 training and racing in the United States so were you based in one location did you have a group to train with how did that go em 2021 eu fui duas vezes, né? Eu fiz dois. I did two, two training camps in the United States this year. Uh, first, I went to Texas and I spent one month there and did two races. And then in the summer, I went to Boulder and I spent a little longer there. Uh, both times, uh, I was training by myself, unfortunately. Uh, especially in Boulder, uh, my coach and I thought that would have we would have more of an exchange or groups to train with. And we actually got a few people that came in and swam with us, but then I didn't get any invitations to either ride or run with the, those people, <laughs> with those people. Uh, so I, I don't know, maybe I should, in order to, to go to practices with uh, other athletes, um, next year we're thinking of maybe getting into one of these teams Uh, beforehand so we can actually train with them uh, even though all the locations are great for training and the, the roads and the mountains are great uh, getting a, traveling from Brazil and doing all the training by myself wasn't as fun as being on a team who are these people that <laughs> swam with you and then wouldn't invite you to ride or run <laughs> I'm going to drive down to Boulder and Take some names. Um, you're always welcome in Montana. It's it's a little colder, but Pamela, I'm just thinking about this. And when I was in Brazil for only one month, I did everything with Ana Lydia, everything. <laughs> and I didn't do anything alone. Did you feel homesick because you were away from home and away from training partners for so long? Camp is sempre bem. A training camp is always emotionally hard. Um, maybe another time I won't stay for three months, maybe two. 
But I think when I was training for Olympic distance, I lived for six years in Portugal, uh, which was like a huge training camp. And I would do anything again because I know it was worth it. So, yes, uh, it's always hard. You always, At the end of the camp, you're always uh, willing to go back to your comfort zone, to your home, to your uh, training partners. But it's worth it. And but you have to get used to it. Man, I'm still stuck on the people who were swimming with you. And <laughs> I don't know who, I just, I'm like, these jabronis over here in Boulder, like, let's get rid of these people. Anna Lydia, you can have fun translating the word jabronis. <laughs> but um, were there, was there anything outside of that? You know, you were in Texas, you were in Colorado that you did really prefer um, about living and training in the U.S. that was different from home, that you liked better? Oh, Estados Unidos. Uh, the United States is where everything happens. Uh, there are so many good people training, so many good races. It's where you get noticed. Uh, you have uh, competitive races every weekend, and you can race a lot more than when you're in Brazil. I mean, when you're in the United States, you always have someone that will swim close to you or ride like a motorcycle or run like the man from, like, from behind and, and passing everybody. And so it's a really good chance to improve, to keep improving and to keep learning uh, and evolving as an athlete. Pamela, you finished 12th at the 70.3 World Championships in St. George last month. In previous years, a 12th place finish would have earned you $0. But this year, that this was the first time Ironman paid the top 15 finishers. So you earned $5,500 in prize money. Did winning some money make the result feel like more of a success? Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say it felt more like a, of a success, uh, but it did work as a nice consolation prize. I'd say I evaluate my, my participation based on my achievements and my, my race itself. I knew it would be a technically hard race for me, a uh, technical course, and I felt happy about my, my result, my performance. But it was a little bit of a relief to get a prize money because for us Brazilians right now, the exchange rate is really terrible and getting the extra money to help pay for the expenses, the travel expenses, was a really nice relief. And we know you're back in Brazil now, and the 2022 race calendar for pros hasn't been announced yet, so that's anyone's guess. But is your big goal qualification for the 2022 Ironman World Championships that's scheduled to be held in Kona, fingers crossed, next October? Depois do, do Mundial, né? Eu... Um, for the first time, I, I don't have a 2022 plan ready yet. Uh, after the 70.3 World Championships, I took a long, long break, something I hadn't done since the Rio Olympics. Uh, it was a mentally tough year, so I think I needed that break. But for 2022, I would say that I'm probably focusing on 70.3 distance because it's something I'm actually ready for and I'm, I have been able to compete at a very high level worldwide. Um, I know the Ironman distance is, is big and something I really want to do, but I'm still not ready to work with the stress of doing several several Ironmans uh, back to back or trying to qualify. So I will take my time. Uh, I think it will happen at the right time. Uh, the Kona's lot. I, I'm, 
I, I'm hoping uh, that my third Ironman will be the, the lucky one and I, I won't get so close to a Kona slot and not getting it, but I'll take my time. I want to enjoy the process and while I'm doing that, I'll take my chances at 70.3 distance races. Wise words. We are excited to watch you race in St. George again, hopefully in 2022 for the 70.3 Worlds, which will be there again. You know the course very well. And thank you so much, Pamela, for coming on the show. We uh, we hope you keep enjoying your break and your summer down there in Brazil. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for the invitation uh, and for your patience. Uh, for listening to me in Portuguese and having all the translation thing. Uh, but this is a competition I haven't won yet. Uh, the competition against English, I still have to learn. But I will, I will do that. Um, and I'm really happy that I got invited to an English podcast. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Haley, have you ever been jealous of the elite running or cycling groups who are able to get their blood work done super quickly and efficiently because they have a doctor on staff? Yes, I have been jealous. I have a great primary care physician, but I'll admit, sometimes I'm curious about certain blood markers in between my annual doctor visits. Me too, and that's why I'm excited Inside Tracker is here. Inside Tracker is on-demand blood testing. You pick your plan online, schedule your blood draw appointment locally, and get your results within a few days. My favorite part, they don't just give you data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips too. For a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our listeners 25% off of their entire store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash ironwomen and get started. Haley, have you ever realized that skincare is an all-season job? It really is, Alyssa. Winter can be just as harsh on my skin as the summertime sun. I rely on Zelio skincare products to get me through every season here in Montana. My favorite winter products are the body lotion, lip protection, and of course, Betwixt chamois cream. Mine too. And our Iron Women listeners can also stock up on Zelio's products for the season ahead. Use the code IRONWOMEN at teamzelios.com to get 15% off. That's right, get 15% off at teamzelios.com using code IRONWOMEN. Well, Alyssa, I really enjoyed hearing more of Pamela's story because I think it is a little bit different than a lot of other triathletes and pro triathletes maybe. And I was surprised to hear about her plan to focus on 70.3 distance because I feel like she can't resist an Ironman. And when Ironman Brazil comes back, I I bet we have Pamela Oliveira on that start line. I don't see how it doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, our listeners only get the audio, but I feel like even talking, like seeing her face through the you know interview and talking about it, I feel like there is like a a glimmer that that could be the truth. So we'll see what happens. But um, it was really fun to get this interview in and learn more from Pamela. And Haley, thank you for editing it. So our listeners, this was no small feat. Um, Iron Woman Podcast is not like super experienced in, uh, you know, translating and then editing on top of that translation and yada yada, right? So figuring all that out was our own Haley Chura. So thank you. <laughs> um, my uh, now everyone who thinks it was uh, they're like they're, send your criticism. Actually, yes, please send your criticisms my way or send ways <laughs> I can improve things. Um, because I this was something I've been really wanting to do, and hopefully it turned out okay. And um, maybe we'll do more of these, you know, translation kind of episodes in the future. But thanks to Ana Lydia Borba who helped make it happen, and 
um, yeah, I learned, I learned, learned a lot. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's good, but it, it, you know, there's a lot of good stories out there and we'll make sure they get told. Um, and I'll try to use whatever technical capabilities we have here to, to make it happen. But yeah, I mean, technology is making this possible, right? Like there are some good things about technology, but Alyssa, you have a great time unplugging a little bit this weekend and just running through those Santa Monica mountains with the occasional check of the Ironman tracker. And, um, I will look forward to hearing about it next week. Thanks Haley. I can't wait to tell you all about it. You have been listening to the iron women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron women is a production of feisty media and is edited and produced by Lindsay Glassford head to livefeisty.com to find more podcasts, events, stories, and fresh perspectives. Thank you to our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Zelio Skincare, Orca Sportswear, and Inside Tracker. You can find all websites and discount codes at ironwomenpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Listening.